0: Warning, this episode contains content some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. And we're live. Yes? Yes, we're live. Okay. Coolio. So today we have Jules. I don't know what that um, noise was. Jules, we met um, through Mod Pizza. <laughs> uh, we became good friends through there, good co-workers. And when I met you, I was like, Wow. This is a character When I first met you, I'm gonna be honest I was kinda of like, oh my god, this girl is like Way too bubbly, <laughs> way too happy <laughs> I really, I was like, ugh But then, after hearing like Your story, and that kind of stuff, I was like Shit, I'm I, like, I feel bad now this Cause it's like, like, the stuff that you've been through And you're still here So, I wanna talk about Um What Um what your upbringing has been like Be- oh. because I know that you've been through some hard stuff, and yeah. I think there's like some people out there that you know can really benefit from hearing like this kind of story. And you know that you're still here and you're still kicking and you still have a smile on your face. Yeah, that's very cool. So, whatever you like to yeah, share, sure,
1: sure. So, uh, I had a pretty fucking weird one. Am I-
0: yeah you can guess okay okay
1: cool i'll try not to too much so you don't get like a pg-13 rating no that's okay um but like so uh, my birth parents are a little older um Mm -hmm. i think when they had me i'm the second of four children oh god my dad was in his early late 50s and my mom was in her late 40s Mm -hmm. um but yeah so i'm the second of four kids Mm -hmm. and my parents had me really late Mm -hmm. um they were both missionaries before they had us so they actually both Mm -hmm. worked for an organization called hard hats for christ out of tacoma
2: okay um
1: they did a lot of like on-site work for church builds and like homeless shelter builds Mm -hmm. and um like school reconstructures they Mm -hmm. also did work on like uh indian reservations okay so we lived in nevada for a long time um on a navajo reservation doing reconstruction work for um one of their buildings that had burned down oh wow yeah yeah um and then during that basically uh once my sister sarah was born and i was born Mm -hmm. they still lived out of like a recreational vehicle Mm -hmm. so that was my childhood home until i was like nine wow so it was my dad my mom my older sister sarah Uh i'm just gonna name everybody (laughs) because it's all on the internet google me i'm right there really yeah Uh, well i mean like if somebody googled me they'd be like oh these are your parents these are your siblings Mm -hmm. these are your partners and i'd be like yeah hi (laughs) hello um and then two years at so my older sister's two years mm-hmm. older than me younger brother two years younger than me mm-hmm. so it was three kids two adults recreational vehicle
3: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Oof. and my parents like they loved each other but they didn't really know how to like be adults or parents uh-huh. and like when we worked together i think i had a lot more like animosity about my upbringing Uh and like was it shitty yes Uh but i also understand that like my dad was a vietnam vet and Mm -hmm. like had so much trauma and my mom like my grandmother
3: crazy oh
1: my god she was insane and so like my parents were like two traumatized kids Mm -hmm. trying to raise kids
3: Mm -hmm. so
1: there's a lot of fighting and like because of the fighting Mm -hmm. and living in like a recreational vehicle when you say recreational
0: vehicle what do you mean
1: like an rv
0: oh okay yeah
1: like um
3: sorry yeah no you're fine (laughs) you're you're so fine
1: yeah no like uh um, it was a Southwind Model 2, I think. Mm-hmm. So there's like you come in, there's the kitchen, dining room, living room area.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's like the cockpit, you could say, with like the passenger seat, driver's seat, and the like part that you can open to get access to the back end of the engine mm-hmm. with like a pull down bunk bed. Um, we did have, like, a Mm semi-shower, a bathroom of sorts, Mm -hmm. and then the back had, like, a bed. Mm -hmm. And then the the kitchen table could, like, excuse me, I got hiccups, but could, like, come down and become another bed. Mm -hmm. So, very small space. Mm -hmm. But I also grew up, like, on the road, and I was not supervised so, mm-hmm. I got to be, like, out wherever we were, if we were mm-hmm. in Texas, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, did Washington. You, did you guys
0: move a lot because of the missionary work?
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. basically, my dad would either get, like, physical mail or an email or mm-hmm. a call. Usually a call because he wasn't very good with emails. Mm-hmm. But... uh yeah he would get a call, and they would like send us to the local church that was doing the outreach program for mm-hmm. hard hats for christ
3: mm-hmm.
1: and like <sighs> it was just a lot of driving, mm-hmm. and I definitely didn't know like how to develop friendships or social skills because mm-hmm. although I would like meet other kids, especially mm-hmm. other missionary kids, it was like, I'll be gone in like a month to eight, like one to eight months.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So for the most part, it was like all I really had growing up was my family.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was dysfunctional because my mom was like, I want to buy a house one day. I don't want to mm-hmm. be living out in an RV our entire life. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, money isn't real. Mm-hmm. And I'll spend it on whatever I want to. Mm-hmm. And somehow, like... Cause like I said, my dad was a Vietnam vet. So mm-hmm. like he would get about like $4,000 a month okay. towards our family. And mm-hmm. that was like, that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after my little brother, we also had my little sister, Kelly, mm-hmm. who there's a little bit of an age gap between her and Michael. I think it's like seven years.
2: Okay.
1: Um, But like a family of six, On like a budget of like four thousand dollars a month yeah (laughs) so did you guys not get um any income from the missionary work no it was voluntary work sometimes like they'd provide housing provide Mm -hmm. sorry provide housing or Mm -hmm. like a meal plan or an electric hookup for the RV. Mm -hmm. And there was even one that had, like, an electric water and septic hookup on Mm -hmm. site. I think it was, like, uh, the Black Lake in Washington State. Okay. Uh, We did work, I want to say, on their outdoor like stadium theater area my dad did Mm -hmm. so like we were there for a long long time um and it was a lot of fun because there was a lot of like kid activities because it was like a retreat slash like summer bible school kind Mm -hmm. of area and the food slapped oh my god they had like a giant cafeteria where there was like an adult section and a staff section, mm-hmm. and because my dad was a volunteer and everybody knew us, I could just go wherever I want, <laughs> and they would just be like, "Oh, hey, what's up, kid?" And I'm like, "Hi, I'm six, and I'm unsupervised. Can I have some fucking cocoa puffs?" <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, no problem." Really? Yeah, That's it cool. was it was a lot of fun, but like, I, I felt like my parents were really good at like putting on this persona of like good christian (laughs) like wants to help everybody Mm -hmm. which i think is why i am the way i am where like i really want to help people and Mm -hmm. i want people to have like good wholesome experiences around me and why Mm -hmm. i'm kind of like friendly and bubbly
3: because
1: that's how I was introduced to like the world as a child it's Mm -hmm. like you just want to make friends and you want everyone to have a good time as best Mm -hmm. as possible um but i think we did missionary work until i was about nine and then we for a short period of time before we moved into our first trailer home uh, we lived uh, on the Fort Lewis McCord campsite, mm-hmm. so they have like a campsite where RVs can park, usually seasonally. But we live there obviously year round, mm-hmm. and it was okay for the most part because it was like the first place where we like parked for more than a year. Mm-hmm. And my sister Sarah like attended school. I attended school,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, military school. It's it's weird, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like. I was only kindergarten and like part of first grade, Uh Um, but it's like.
0: Did you ever go to public? I did. Uh huh. So like during, I mean, I'm guessing throughout like the whole missionary work, you were probably homeschooled.
1: Well, yeah, my mom homeschooled my sister Sarah and then Mm -hmm. me, and then my sister Sarah like went to public school. Actually, her. Kindergarten year, I was on the Navajo Ranch. Mm -hmm. And then when we went to um, the school on base, they actually were like, hey, we don't accept credits from indigenous schools. You're going to have to retake that year. Oh, wow. Which at the time my mom was like, why? Mm -hmm. But now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, it's because they're fucking racist. Oh, shit. Like, why else wouldn't you accept an educational credit? It's the same education. Like, she Mm -hmm. learned reading, writing, and how to count to ten. She's in first grade. Calm down, guys.
0: Yeah, I get that.
1: But my sister Sarah also, like, basically everybody in my family has, like, sight or hearing problems. Or are on the, like, autistic spectrum. Okay. So, like, my sister Sarah never wanted to wear glasses or hearing aids. My little Mm -hmm. brother did and my little sister does Mm -hmm. still, but like growing up, there was definitely a lot of issues like retaining information in public school. Mm -hmm. So she ended up being homeschooled for a lot of her education. Whereas I was like, I don't want to be home because there's just a lot of issues. My dad's like his PTSD from being in Vietnam mm-hmm. just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And he would have like like violent outbreaks of like having a flashback, breaking things and other things happening. Okay. And then my mom would like use that as a way to like hinge guilt on him. Like you should be able to control yourself around our kids. And it's like he can't yeah like it's not his fault and they mm-hmm. at the time like there was no resources really for very mm. many like nowadays it's like we know that if you go into the military mm-hmm. and you serve like on the ground mm-hmm. it's gonna fuck you up yeah even if it's just like a little bit but back then like they're just like oh no you can deal with this mm-hmm. like it's fine um Ooh. and like so another kind of going off onto the like my dad was a vietnam vet and it fucked him up Mm -hmm. like he was an artist as a kid
0: what kind of artist
1: he painted sketched and sculpted mostly sculpted he has some really cool art pieces Mm -hmm. that are like 60 years old at our house that are Mm -hmm. super cool um he even used to make like model blanks for dolls Mm -hmm. um so like they're just like ceramic rectangles with like doll molds Mm -hmm. in them they're really really cool but when my dad was in vietnam um the thing that kind of got him out and onto disability is he was an in-flight repair like tech Mm -hmm. i mean he also did it When they landed, but for the most part, like, he was in the engine room, making sure everything was running well, and I don't know exactly what happened, Mm because he's told me, like, six different versions of the same story, Mm -hmm. but there was a main gas line leak, and the plane ended up exploding.
0: And he was in the plane. And he was
1: in it, specifically in the- he was one of, like, three people out of hundreds that survived. Hold on. So-
0: this airplane yeah. was in the air, uh-huh. flying, and mm-hmm. there was a gas leak, and it ignited.
1: Mm-hmm. And how
0: many people were in the I think airplane? It,
1: well, it was a, like it was like a transit
0: mm-hmm. plane,
1: so it was specifically carrying units from one. I think one part of Europe, because mm-hmm. I know they went down near Germany, mm-hmm. which is why he got like immediate medical care. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they were going from there to a different location and it just ended up happening and like (laughs) i remember being as young as like six and my dad telling me this story Mm -hmm. about how like it happened so quickly like nobody really knew how to react Mm -hmm. the plane was on fire it hit the ground and then the water uh because like I don't know exactly what part of the engine requires water for coolant, Mm -hmm. but it basically started flooding the engine room. And my dad, who was in the engine room, was like, I can either burn to death or drown myself.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And he chose to drown himself. And he had, like, in his eyes, like, a spiritual experience seeing God. Mm -hmm. And that's where picking up missionary work came from. Uh
3: Because,
1: like, he had that experience, Uh and then he woke up in a hospital bed covered in skin grafts because his hands and his feet burned. Uh And because his hands burned, he lost a lot of his ability to make art, which Uh I think, like, kind of, I think it hurt him more. To lose that than Mm -hmm. for him to have actually, like, experienced the damage of, like, I can't write as well as I used to. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, I can't draw. I can't do what I'm passionate about. Yeah. Which was rough. But because he was an artist, I got to also, like, I guess have more opportunity to make art. Mm -hmm. So, like, I love making art. I do it more. But that just kind of fills in like I guess more of of the blank trying Mm -hmm. to come at my upbringing as neutral as possible is more so assessing like what my parents went through that Mm -hmm. fucked me up because they just didn't know how to cope with it because like that happened and my dad didn't know what to do and because he didn't go to therapy until God I was like a Mm preteen the story behind that was like We were, so my mom's sister is Jewish. Uh Super cool, because I got to, like, grow up in a household that was very, like, my parents were Christians. My aunt was Jewish. Mm -hmm. My grandparents were, like, a different flavor of Christian. Because, you know, there are, like.
0: A lot of denominations. Oh,
1: there's so many denominations. Mm -hmm. Um, But we were, like, at. I think Passover with my aunt Mm -hmm. and we were talking and at the time like Kelly was going to speech therapy, my youngest sister and my uncle was talking to my dad about like how Kelly's speech therapy was going. And my dad Mm. was like, who's Kelly?
0: Your youngest sister. Yeah.
1: And everybody was like, what do you mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like your daughter, my guy. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't realized that like, his PT had regressed his memory, like his PTSD. So like he barely remembered like um, between my little brother, Michael and my little sister, Kelly, Mm -hmm. my mom had like, so I have a little brother, Clifford. Mm -hmm. He lived for about, I think three weeks, but he had a lot of issues. He was born premature and like my dad remembered him, but he didn't remember Kelly. And it was just like, it was really rough. And It kind of helped him reassess, like, oh, I need to go to therapy. How
0: how old was he when um, he started kind of, like, uh, Like the PTSD started messing with his memory?
1: I think it was always there, but as he got older, it would get Mm -hmm. worse, where he would just have an ellipse in memory. Like, he would be, like, it would be, like, Thanksgiving, and he would be, like, why is everybody cooking today? It's, like, Mm. it's Thanksgiving today, Dad.
0: Did he end up getting Alzheimer's?
1: I don't know. (laughs) Like since i saw him last like he does he's in his 70s now okay so he's 72. yeah Uh, so like it's rough it's Mm -hmm. rough to be around him because like i remember who he used to be and like Mm -hmm. honestly when i was a kid i was kind of scared of him Mm because like they're your parent and they're supposed to be a provider for you but there was a lot of like infighting and issues between my parents Mm -hmm. and I wanted to protect my siblings from my parents. Mm -hmm. So I ended up taking on a lot more discipline than I think I needed to.
0: Did they ever, like, abuse you guys? Like, hit you? I mean... I mean, there's there's, a difference between a spanking and then, like, straight up.
1: Yeah, there definitely, like, there was a structure for punishment. Like, now that I'm an adult, like... Mm. I can reassess that, like, they were trying to create a way to discipline us that was productive, Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: I don't think that, like, getting spankings was good for us. And there were other forms of abuse. It was mainly, like mental abuse from my mom Mm -hmm. because her mom super manipulative when it came to like affection from her kids Mm. so like my mom felt like you had to earn her love Mm. and i was like tomboy Mm -hmm. gay Mm -hmm. loud and i didn't respect authority Mm because like the authority in my life wasn't consistent Mm -hmm. because it was like some days like you could talk back and voice your opinion because you're. You know how like sometimes your parents will treat you like an adult, mm-hmm. but sometimes then they'll treat you like a child. Yeah, and it's like I can't be your therapist one mm-hmm. day and then the next day be told that my opinion doesn't matter because mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about because mm-hmm. I don't have any experience. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you want from me?
0: Conflicting. It's
1: very conflicting.
0: Uh, that's a, um, a good point. Because I grew up, you know, in a very religious household and kind of like that whole, you know, being gay and that kind of um, area was kind of a no-no. Mm-hmm. Did that ever play? Uh, was there ever a conflict with you and your family because, because of the way you are?
1: I think the biggest the biggest thing is I was so traumatized about being gay because i was Mm -hmm. outed i had told a friend that i trusted Mm -hmm. at the time and she told a friend who told a friend and before i knew it like my whole school knew okay and (laughs) from that like my pastors found out Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: i don't think i ever like directly told my parents Mm -hmm. um but like i didn't know how to because of everything else that was going on I basically like I got bullied so bad at school. Mm-hmm. I got I got queer bashed in like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So like I I went from to like connect the points. I went from living in an RV. Mm-hmm. It was about nine, and then we moved into like a trailer home mm-hmm. in what everybody called the ghetto of Graham, Washington, which was just like a few cul-de-sacs on a road. Where, like, really poor people and people of color lived. Okay. You know, white people's definition of a ghetto. How, like, people would be like, oh, Texas Street is the Bellingham ghetto. And I'm like, mm. if you're white and middle class, I guess. Mm. Um, but we moved into, like, a trailer home. Mm-hmm. So everybody in my, like, grade school, once I started going to public school in the area, was just like, you're trying their trash. You're poor. Really? And they weren't wrong. Like... We, we still had the same budget, like a month, like about Mm $4,000. And now that we had a house, like money was really tight. So Mm -hmm. we went to like soup kitchens three to four nights a week. My mom knew Uh like the food bank routes Mm -hmm. for the whole month. She had the calendar with them all written down. And like, I think I went to church like six times a week really yeah because why you would like go to a church that was Mm -hmm. having a soup kitchen that night and they would do like a pre-meal sermon Mm -hmm. so you would go they'd do a quick sermon you'd eat a meal Mm -hmm. and then after they might have like a post-meal sermon but like i grew up where it was normal to like go to a communal meal
3: Mm -hmm. all the time
1: and when i found out like that was something that really poor people did and mm. I couldn't like explain it to other kids because mm-hmm. most of the people in the area were like lower middle to like upper middle class mm-hmm. so like I'd go to school and people would be like for lunch I'm getting McDonald's which for them was like ooh mm-hmm. a treat and I'm like my family has to eat McDonald's because it's cheap <laughs> oh. And, like, I tried not to feel shame about Mm -hmm. being really poor and having a dysfunctional family and dealing with, like, the structures of abuse in that and in my church because, like because we were poor and Mm -hmm. my dad was like so faithful to the church he'd be Mm -hmm. like well i'll give like a hundred dollars to the church this Mm -hmm. month and in the hopes of like that coming back to him Mm -hmm. which like money never got better until Mm -hmm. my mom got a job which Mm -hmm. she works part-time for the state as like a cna Mm -hmm. um which she's okay Mm -hmm. with like, I don't think she loves her job, but she's really good at it. Mm -hmm. And she, she really enjoys like taking care of people. I think Mm -hmm. that's what she liked about us when we were kids and we didn't have our own opinions. But once Mm -hmm. we did have our own opinion, she was like rude. Um, but I basically had that, like all of those negative feelings into like going into junior high, basically with like no friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) and building like a friend group in like seventh grade and then the next year eighth grade i got outed and that came with like i said all the bullying Mm -hmm. queer bashing happened and like i didn't know who to talk to because i tried to talk to the school counselor about it Mm -hmm. and like they didn't know how to address like being gay Mm -hmm. in a small conservative town like they i think they tried but they didn't have any experience with it so Mm -hmm. they were just like talk to your parents about it maybe speak to a therapist about Mm -hmm. it have you thought about conversion therapy Mm -hmm. and like uh, it 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 just it felt like i had no one It it was very isolating and so how, I do kind you, of, how
0: did you deal with it? I mean, you were like in what you said, I, junior high? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I developed an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, younger than that, because like I learned from a young age, like people, when I was really little, I was mm-hmm. really thin always because I was super physically active. Because it was mm-hmm. like, I'm either going to stay inside my recreational vehicle home mm-hmm. or I'm going to go on a walk. Mm -hmm. and climb a tree. I'm going to go on a walk and climb a tree. Yeah. Or I'll be bored because we had no TV, no no cell phones, no internet. And it was like my parents were out doing missionary work or grocery shopping or whatever, so we were just left alone. And I think, like, (laughs) going – just being in an environment where I wasn't supervised basically at all, like – It was really, really isolating. Mm
3: -hmm. And, like,
1: I definitely turned to the internet, like, around the junior high, like, 7th, 8th grade. Like, Mm -hmm. I was elbow deep into Tumblr. And, -hmm. like, Facebook was where I was able to talk to friends that I made at school. But, like, I just... I felt like I really couldn't talk to anybody about it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I... I had a lot of friends Mm -hmm. at school because, like, I've always been bubbly and exciting. And Mm -hmm. I like finding people who are kind of outcasted and being like, oh, you don't have a place to fit in? Let me make space in my place for you to fit in.
2: That's cool. I like And
1: I I just, I don't want people to feel alone because I know what it's like to feel, like, completely alone. Mm -hmm. And within, like, my journey of coming out and, like truly accepting myself basically during high school
3: Mm -hmm.
1: because growing up i wasn't allowed to date until i was 16 Mm -hmm. i wasn't allowed to do a lot of things until i was like i couldn't choose my hairstyle like Mm -hmm. i couldn't have short hair though i still cut it Mm -hmm. when i was like 11 because like what are you gonna do make my hair grow faster
3: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) no (laughs) Um, and we weren't allowed to like wear makeup mm-hmm. or skirts that were shorter than our knees or mm-hmm. dye our hair or have fingernail polish. We weren't allowed to have any piercings.
3: Wow!
1: It was.
0: How did how did your parents react um, once, like you know, they heard the news that like, yeah. you're gay? Okay. Was they like think, accepting? Was it?
1: I think that they just kind of ignored it because mm. I would try to talk to them about it, but mm-hmm. like they didn't understand and i don't think they really understood until recently because i tried to come out to them Mm -hmm. when i was in eighth grade in junior high Mm -hmm. and where i was about to get to was like once i was allowed to date i had Mm -hmm. a really good friend we were in the same classes in school together Mm -hmm. i'll call him oh god what should I call him? I don't know if he wants to be outed on this, but I had a high school sweet not Rob. <laughs> not Rob. Not Robert. No. Any other name. Um, we'll call him Will. Okay, Will. Will. Okay. But Will. Will was my high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. We were really, really good friends
3: mm-hmm. in
1: high school. If you knew me in high school, you know who I'm talking about. Cause like okay. he was my God, I fucking loved that guy. Uh-huh. And like I recently got to run into him again and It was really awkward, but I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, I fucking love that kid. Mm -hmm. And he, like, he was going through some shit. Like, Mm -hmm. his mom got diagnosed with cancer for, like, the fourth time. Mm -hmm. And because she had already beaten it a few times, everybody was like, oh, she's going to get it through, like, a champ. She'll Mm -hmm. be fine. And, like, during her getting sicker and sicker, like, his current relationship. Mm -hmm was getting real bad. And him and his his girlfriend at the time ended up having, like, a really rough breakup.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then shortly after, like, his mom died of cancer. Wow. And me and him, like, we called each other on the phone, like, every day after school for me to be like, hey, do you need anything? Are you good? Mm-hmm. I care about you. And <laughs> one day, like, I was in my room on the phone with him. Mm-hmm. And my dad was building, like a like not cinder block but like a brick and plywood bookshelf because mm-hmm. that's how poor we were oh. <laughs> just like bricks and plywood boom we got a bookshelf baby um and my little sister was like running around mm-hmm. and at first i thought she threw a chunk of brick at me it's Mm -hmm. a deodorant stick she threw a deodorant (laughs) stick at my head Uh and it spliced my eyebrow and I just bled like so bad so I had to go to the ER get stitches they had doped me up a little bit Uh because like I was in so much pain yeah and I I was on the phone with him so he just hears me getting whacked and me being like ow oh god I'm bleeding (laughs) I have to leave Uh hang up calls me and he's just like i care about you i love you we should Mm -hmm. date and i was like i love you why not Uh and so i like took all of my queerness i mean i was still out with people like Uh i still told people like i'm pansexual by the way Mm -hmm. i find all genders attractive but i just like played the like straight girlfriend character mom character Uh for him and like it worked kind of like
0: was that real? Or would oh, I say? fucking
1: loved him. Yeah. Like, i I don't think that it was a good decision for us to date. Uh-huh. But I did. Like, I loved him so much.
0: And this was in high school, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: we were together for like four and a half years, wow. and it ended up. It ended really poorly. Like, I had gone through a lot. My best friend and me were living with what was basically like my adopted family because my Mm -hmm. home life had gone to shit
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and like my best friend and me were like we've become a burden on these people Mm -hmm. and during a summer where i used to go to a renaissance fair there's the midsummer renaissance fair in bonnie lake here's a plug (laughs) um but it happens every summer and me and my friend group would go every mm-hmm. summer that we could. And over that summer, basically like summer of 2015, um, August, we went. We had a friend, Mallory, who I had met through the fair, through doing volunteer work because I would mm-hmm. volunteer there. Because if you volunteer, you give up like eight hours a weekend and then you get like free camping free weekend pass and provided meals and i grew up poor Mm -hmm. so i was like i can't like i can't afford to go every weekend to this event Mm -hmm. but if i volunteer then i can go Mm -hmm. and i can receive food and i can go to all the shows and i got to like go backstage because i was a volunteer Mm -hmm. so like <laughs> Although my childhood kind of sucked mm-hmm. because I grew up in extreme poverty, I got very good at knowing what systems to like go through to mm-hmm. still do the things that I wanted to do. Mm. Um, which was really good, honestly. Mm-hmm. Very cool of me. Yeah. But like, my friend Mallory was just like, hey, my parents are going to buy me a house in Bellingham. Come move to Bellingham because we need roommates. And I was like, okay. <laughs> why not so yeah. me and my best friend moved up here and during that same renaissance fair weekend like me and my partner at the time had like a really bad fight because mm-hmm. like oh, <laughs> i used to be obsessed with this model called jessica nigri i still mm-hmm. am she's oh. Fucking gorgeous oh 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 she's so pretty Wow! but like we were. T- I was talking with my best friend at the time about mm-hmm. her because she had done a recent interview, and my mm. partner at the time was like, she's racist, by the way. Oh, and I was like, okay, where are the receipts at? Mm-hmm. And he was like, "It was." she said in an interview, and I'm like, I've seen every interview she's been in, bro. Mm. Where, what interview, dude? Mm-hmm. And it just ended up, like, escalating and escalating, and I ended up, like, walking away. And then I came back, and he gave, like... A half-hearted apology but i think that like that experience was like the nail in the coffin in our mm-hmm. relationship because there was a lot of things that like i just wasn't allowed to do like music i wasn't allowed to listen to or like mm-hmm. <laughs> ways that i felt i couldn't express myself
0: Do that give you flashbacks
1: yeah because it was like it it felt like i couldn't be completely myself with him mm-hmm. like it's not like I was pretending because mm-hmm. I did love him. Oh, my God. I loved him so much. But because mm-hmm. I loved him so much, I was willing to, like, put on, like, a character
2: mm-hmm. to play
1: to make our relationship easy mm-hmm. because I wanted to be with him and I wanted him to be with me. Yeah. So. I
0: feel like that's how like, a lot of people do is sometimes, like, you know, when you're so in love with somebody and they feel like this kind of, like, persona mm-hmm. or this kind of a character and you know they're willing to do whatever you know it takes pretty much like even if you know something's like wrong or you don't feel right with it but you do it because you love them
3: mm-hmm.
0: what when was it when did you differentiate from okay this is like okay i love you but i shouldn't keep on doing this
1: yeah I, th- I think that it definitely started earlier than the summer of 2015 mm-hmm. like We were huge stoners in high school. Mm -hmm. Like, it all started, I want to say, in ninth grade. Mm -hmm. I had a friend who, like, was helping somebody. uh, We'll call her... uh, (laughs) uh, God, I have to think of a name. Uh, We'll call her hillary no 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 we're not gonna call her hillary uh we'll call her jill so jill um super sweet Mm -hmm. oh my god she was adorable she's a little filipino we actually like have been able to run into each other again Mm -hmm. so like she's she like I'll get into it. I'll get into it. But uh, she, like, was helping somebody in our fifth period history class Mm -hmm. who was, like, a well-known stoner. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, you helped me with my homework, Mm -hmm. come to my car between classes, and I'll give you an edible. And so he gave us edibles he made. Mm -hmm. And I was like... Ooh, uh-huh. ooh, marijuana! Oh no, I have to show my boyfriend because there's no way. Oh bro, he had this setup. He had yeah. this setup. Like I showed him this edible, and he was like, "Come to my car."
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and he had like like a box uh-huh. with just like pipes and weed. And I was like, so like that day mm. we. My birth family was going through a move. It was a whole bunch of bullshit. But, like, me, my partner Will, my friend Jill, and my best friend at the time – We all, like, went back to my house. My Mm -hmm. family had a church event, so they're like, we're going to be gone. You guys be nice. Mm -hmm. There's instant mashed potatoes and, like, Mm -hmm. fish sticks in the freezer if you want them, which was, like, a delicacy. Like, oh, I can have some of the fish sticks? (laughs) Whoa. They'll slap. Um, (laughs) But, like, we just, like, smoked and Mm -hmm. so fucking ripped and, like... I don't know if I can tell this story, but like <laughs> one of the first, not first sexual experiences i ever had, but like we smoked mm-hmm. and then me and, and Will at one point were like, we're going to go in the closet and make out. Mm-hmm. And my friend Jill, like with the instant potatoes that I had made, like wow. came into the room the closet was in and sat on the bed and just listened to us like high out of her mind. Like, oh, this is cool.
0: Just making out. Just, just, in the just going
1: at it in the closet. And, like, I had my best friend there, too. And she was just, like, sitting there watching Pirates of the Caribbean uh-huh. while, like, everybody else was gone. Like, this is a great movie. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> it was just wild. <laughs> and it's, like, we kind of, like, used, like, getting high as a way to, like... Uh, like, lubricate the machine that was our relationship. Because it's, like, Mm -hmm. if there was tension or one of us was sad or there was a fight going on, it's, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to feel this bad feeling. I'm just going to get stoned and do something else. Uh And I didn't realize until, like, towards the end of our relationship, Uh like, how detrimental that was to it. Because we weren't addressing Mm -hmm. any problems. Yeah, you're
0: just pretty much just masking it, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Just pretending.
3: Huh.
1: And... I don't know. I just – I didn't realize how bad it was until after it was over. Mm -hmm. And, and like, we – I tried to break up with him civilly and be like, hey, Mm -hmm. I still want to be friends. I still love you. And it, like, it definitely – like, he wasn't ready to let me go. So Mm -hmm. it definitely became a thing of, like, what felt like life or or death. Like, Mm -hmm. I knew he suffered from depression, and I didn't know if, like – he had like suicidal ideations because mm-hmm. like I did. I definitely did. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I didn't want to leave him alone.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was so scared of leaving, of him feeling like he was being left behind by me. When in reality, it was like, if I keep continue dating to you, I won't be able to become myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I couldn't keep putting myself through the experience of like, I am unhappy. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I don't know what to do to make this better. So it'd be better if we weren't together. Yeah. And then I moved up to Bellingham and Mm -hmm. we didn't like officially break up until after I had moved up. Like I, (laughs) I actually was like my best friend had found a guy that she started dating and we would like go over to his apartment this is october of 2015 Mm -hmm. remember like it was yesterday um but we basically like would just go over there and hang out and this is like when the first season of rick and morty came out so they were like watching rick and morty Mm -hmm. and there's an episode with like Rick and the character Unity, mm-hmm. where they're like hanging out and having a great time. And then Unity like breaks up with Rick,
2: mm-hmm. where
1: she's like, like, I literally they had gone to go like get weed and pizza. Mm-hmm. And I was just stoned sitting on their couch watching this episode of Rick and Morty, like ugly crying into my hands, like, this relationship will kill me. like, <sighs> maybe not today, but the me that i am Uh can't be while i'm in this relationship and so i called him and i was like i can't can't do this yeah i can't
0: (laughs) what 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 gave you the willpower to be like i can't do this no more because uh you know there's been a lot of people that because they love that significant other because Mm -hmm. uh, or they're married sometimes they have kids you know can get very hairy very fast they stay with that person, and they're, they they go through the abuse and they go through all the fighting, and they're like, "Hey, you know, this is just like part of marriage or a relationship, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know." There's normal kind of fighting, and yeah. there's like straight up abuse, right? Oh yeah.
3: What
0: wh- like what what made you like get that strength? Like, where did you get that from? Because not a lot of people have that, you know. No. And they'll stay there forever. What was yeah. it? Was it like, hey, like. I gotta do me, or was it like somebody helping you through it, or what
1: was it? I think it It was it honestly, like it came down to me realizing that the foundation of my relationship with Will Mm
3: -hmm. was
1: based in self-hatred. Like I hated myself Mm -hmm. so much that I didn't wanna be me. So that I could be with this other person and be Mm -hmm. a version of myself that was more palatable. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't realize like how much they don't prioritize themselves, especially in relationships. Because like,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. fuck, I didn't learn that until I was polyamorous. Like Mm -hmm. your relationship with someone else is not meant to be the foundation of who you are
0: yes yep Mm -hmm. and
1: so many people like Mm -hmm. they'll meet someone they'll fall in love they'll be together for fucking years yeah and then they'll like be like go to therapy or they'll sit Mm -hmm. down and start doing meditation or any like self-help and they'll be like who am i Mm -hmm. outside of this relationship yeah who am i and what is my relationship with myself Mm -hmm. and God, I probably wouldn't even be able to have talked about this, like, two years ago, a year ago even, because my journey to self-love is very new, even though, like, I mean, I've been in my relationship with Matt for four years now, Mm -hmm. and that's genuinely, like, the first healthy relationship I've ever been in, where he's like, I accept you completely for who you are. You can be yourself around me, and I can be myself around you. And like,
0: shout out to uh, my boy Matt. Shout
1: out to Matt. I love that guy. Oh my god. Oh Oh my god. I fucking uh, that dude. Like, I'll go. I'll get there. I'll get there. We'll get there. We're in the storyline. So like, broke up with him, and Mm -hmm. like, I was like, I definitely went down the road, the road of like, I'm gonna have a hoe phase. Mm -hmm. I did not i get i find people and i get to know them Mm -hmm. and then i just want to protect and love them Mm -hmm. so i can't be a slut (laughs) like i can't like i want to Mm -hmm. i wanted to just be like yo who here for the fun show that is this freak (laughs) like but i just like i met i don't know if they would also want to be added, but uh I, I moved up here, and then, mm-hmm. like, we had a Halloween party, so still October, mm-hmm. fresh breakup. <laughs> I met my... my uh, The person from Renfair Mallory had, mm-hmm. like, planned to have fr- guy friends over for mm-hmm. her, like, two roommates that she knew was single. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, they were so, like... It was such a good time,
2: uh-huh.
1: but I I met this guy... Uh, we'll call him uh, Archie? Archie. Archie. Archie, okay, Archie. Archie. Archie, that sounds smart. He's yeah. such a fucking smart guy, okay. and like, he's doing great for himself, so it's fine. But like, mm-hmm. he was like, like, uh, like psychology major, okay. so smart, mm. and like, I was traumatized i was like a ball of knotted trauma like fresh Mm -hmm. out relationships moved to a new city away from my hometown like Mm -hmm. i definitely needed that friendship and that like like we we didn't date but Mm -hmm. like we were really fucking close Mm -hmm. like I met his parents. I stayed Mm -hmm. with his parents when I was homeless. I Mm -hmm. was over at his house, like, three nights a week. Mm -hmm. I cooked meals for him. Mm -hmm. We would watch our favorite shows together. Mm -hmm. It got a little little kinky from time to time. Because, like, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And, like, it was was great for me. Mm -hmm. But, like, I realized that, like, although we had this like fun relationship together. I Mm -hmm. wasn't like what he wanted out of a relationship. I was fun Mm -hmm. and I was getting to heal a lot of the trauma that I had gone through. Mm -hmm. But I think that for me, at least for him in my experience, like I was more like he was trying to reach out to help somebody Mm -hmm. that he had found fascinating and interesting and lovable and wanted to give me the opportunity to heal Mm -hmm. from like all the shit that I had gone through and I did. like, it definitely wasn't optimal, but mm-hmm. like it, it was, it was definitely the most like eye-opening relationship I ever had with anyone in like a semi-romantic sexual way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and from then, like, I I had my first, like, actual relationship Mm -hmm. before i dated matt i dated uh this girl we'll call her jinx Mm because she kind of looks like that character um i'm only thinking about it because there's that new arcane show on netflix so i've like seen the it's like it's based off of league of legends
0: Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Nerd nerdy bullshit. We just plug <laughs> something else. Um <laughs> we are not sponsored, but we could be. Hey. hey come, on. come on. That's money. But like Jinx was like super tall and gorgeous like mm-hmm. I she was just she was she was great, but she was also like um so she was a trans girl mm-hmm. and was mm-hmm. on hormone therapy. She was very mm-hmm. sweet. Um, but like, she definitely was like kind of a predator and I didn't realize that. Like, what do you mean? Like in our relationship, mm-hmm. my one rule, cause she was 26. Okay. I was 20, I think 20, 21 at the time. Okay, So a few years ago, mm-hmm. but like, I was like one rule, you can't date anybody under 18 because you're 26 years old and then like mm-hmm. i had a friend that we were mutuals with who was like i caught your partner making out with 13 year olds at pride and i was Wait, like
0: so, sorry say that again
1: like like i had a, a mutual friend who was mm-hmm. like hey i caught your partner like doing stuff with people who were underage at pride oh and I was your like, partner yeah jinx. yeah jinx oh, gotcha. and i was like we had one rule dude and then i found out Mm -hmm. like a friend of theirs who was 16 like Mm -hmm. thought they were dating but like hadn't told me and like Mm -hmm. i was paying her rent at the time so like i was like i was her she was financially dependent on me i did everything for her but Mm -hmm. like it just ended well well, it ended about as well as i could have because i was Mm -hmm. just like i no. no 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 nay nay no, no, <laughs> not in this house. So we were only together for a few months, but no. So my relationship with Jinx really mm-hmm. short-lived, but it was also like my first relationship with another queer person, mm-hmm. which is very pivotal pivotal in where I am now. Yeah. Because like I was so in the closet in my relationship with Will and then Archie, I think is the name I Yeah, Archie, of. Archie. And then Archie, like, it, he definitely, like, allowed... Because he was just like, we're just friends who, yeah. you know, mess around sometimes. Mm. <laughs> so I could just, like, be myself around him and yeah, yeah. heal a lot. And then after the whole Jinx experience, like, I didn't really have anyone else mm. I dated. A whole lot of stuff happened that mm-hmm. summer. Summer of
3: 2016.
1: Mm-hmm. So, like, I... I don't know. I uh, we, we basically, like, out of nowhere got kicked out of where we were living. Mm-hmm. And then I was homeless for a bit. Archie ended up, like, taking me in for a few weeks, which was really sweet of him. We mm-hmm. got to just hang out. I got to hang out with his mom. She's so sweet. Um, and then I moved in with my roommate. Uh, we'll call her... I think that Jess would be fine with me using her real name. Yeah, Jess. Super sweet. She's oh my god, also a psychology major. She just wants to be a therapist when like she finally gets the chance to. But she's she's so smart. Mm. Like oh god, every time she'd be like, "Let me talk to you about this psychological disorder." I'm like, "Pop off, dude. Just (laughs) tell me. I have no idea what you're talking about." But go on. And we lived together for like a year, just the two of us in Mm -hmm. like a two bedroom apartment. And then she had a friend, Matt, mm-hmm. who lived in the Tri-Cities who had gone through a really rough breakup mm-hmm. and was like, I need to move out of this city. It's mm-hmm. making me crazy. And she was like, move in with us. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I... Okay, real quick before we talk about uh, Matt, mm-hmm. I wanted to go back about your like upbringing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned like really briefly... Your birth family. Mm. And then your yeah, you another so family?
1: I I don't know if they'd want me. It we had like a kind of awkward end to our friendship, but like in high school, um in my friend group I had uh a friend, we'll call her Nami mm-hmm. and um because you know what i mean um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry that's something that i said a lot so Maybe. i but uh she and me took uh japanese together mm-hmm. and she we we had a few other classes together but she was like into the same music as me we liked the same animes growing up and like i had decided that we were friends long before she was like wait we're we're friends mm-hmm. you want to be friends with me and i was like yeah sure i did huh but uh I think 11th grade mm-hmm. tail end of 10th grade to 11th grade. My parents, my dad one day prayed
3: mm-hmm.
1: and got a message from God that we needed to move,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which came out of nowhere and caused a lot of strife between him and my mom mm-hmm. and all of us. Cause me and my siblings were like, this is the longest that we've lived in one place. Mm-hmm. Cause like from the age of nine, 10 Ish to the age of like sixteen, going on seventeen. Like Mm -hmm. we lived in seven years in the same space, which going from like living in an RV, moving every one to eight months Mm -hmm. to like actually having a residency. Like I wasn't ready to uproot my life and lose all of the connections that I had made. So Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't make it like easy on them during the move. I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. You guys are idiots. I. I hate it. I hate it so much. And it caused a lot of fighting between me and my parents. And like, it just kept escalating. Mm -hmm. And so, um, at the tail end of 11th grade, my parents had found a place in Spanaway that they wanted to move to. And, um, I was like, Hey, I still want to go to the same high school. I Mm -hmm. need somebody that I can live with for Mm -hmm. the last like four months of 11th grade. Mm -hmm. And, i I ended up moving in with my friend Nami and her family, and mm-hmm. they quickly like absorbed me because they were also like very Christian, very inviting, mm-hmm. super sweet, definitely, like in a much better place financially than my family. So like mm-hmm. I wasn't used to like going clothing shopping like
3: mm-hmm.
1: once, like seasonally. Yeah. And I was like, you guys have like big Christmas events like Mm -hmm. our christmases were mainly like things that we got from like churches and like school fundraisers who would be like we have presents for kids like just sign up for this program um and they kind of adopted me and then like the senior year of high school me and my dad and my mom had a big fight like Mm -hmm. because there was paperwork that you had to sign um, for me to go to like my senior year at the same high school, mm-hmm. and I gave it to my mom, and I don't know what happened to it, but she never signed it, never mm-hmm. turned it in, and so I had to do my first semester of twelfth grade at like a different high school mm-hmm. at Spanaway Lake instead of Graham Capowson, mm-hmm. and it made me crazy. Cause like I was away from my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I was away from all my friends. I was in a new city.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And like I had my friend did we call her Jill? I think.
0: There's a Jinx. Maybe
1: not jinx. Not that I dated, but she was Non-mean? um no, no. I'm sure tr- I know who they are. Will when we smoked weed together for the Mm -hmm. first time, she was also there. She was who who sat on the bed and ate potatoes, just instant potatoes. Yeah, yeah, You know, I don't know if I gave her name, but uh, me and her, Uh I had her that semester. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like if I wouldn't have had her there, Mm -hmm. I probably would have like fucking gone crazy. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I think we had like one class together, Mm -hmm. but the fact that like, I'd get to see her in the hallways and like, she had friends in the, In the area Mm -hmm. and people that she knew. So, like, I didn't feel alone. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck. I never really was, like, thank you (laughs) for sticking by me, Mm -hmm. even though I was, like, losing my mind. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting all the paperwork together to take my second semester at GK so I could at least graduate with, like, the same class. Yeah. But, like, I held a lot of animosity towards my parents because, like, I don't know if my mom just misplaced it or if Mm -hmm. she actively was, like, conspiring against me. Mm -hmm. But uh, senior year, I basically, the second semester, I moved back in with Mm -hmm. Nami's family. And then after I graduated, I stayed with them because, like, in my birth family's house, it was just, like, constant fighting. Like, by the time that me my older sister my younger brother were all like late preteens teens teens, later teens like we Mm -hmm. all had our own opinions and personalities and like we all coped with our childhoods in different ways like my i probably received like the most punishments growing up Mm -hmm. and my parents definitely made like punishments like a display Mm
3: -hmm.
1: for the other siblings so like like not to get too graphic my brother like basically had to watch like me and my older sister like getting dragged through the house by our hair if we were in trouble or like Mm -hmm. being stripped naked and beaten like by belts or spoons and like i i definitely like I wouldn't say that I like, in sin, like, like, if my younger brother or my younger sister would get in trouble, mm-hmm. I would act out more aggressively. So that way, like, that negative attention would be turned on me mm-hmm. and I would receive the punishment instead. Because I was like, what are you going to do? Hit me. Mm-hmm. Do it, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am afraid of nothing. Because uh, I wasn't. Because, like, I just, I couldn't. I, I just couldn't, like, I couldn't watch my younger siblings especially go through, or my older sister too, because, mm-hmm. like, they're all, like I said, they're all on the autistic spectrum. They don't, like, necessarily know how to do everything, air quotes, like, properly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, like, I'd break plates until my mom would hit me, or I would, like, rip the screen door off of its hinges. Yeah.
3: Because,
1: like, I was just, like, just just don't punish them and like that protective like motherly energy because like i was raised to be a mom Mm in the christian uh religion or at least the one i was raised in it was like you are you're born a woman you Mm -hmm. are going to have babies and raise Mm -hmm. a family in the future and we're gonna teach you how to do that and so i like took on (laughs) that persona of like motherly caring overprotective for mm-hmm. my siblings also for my friends but by the time i was in high school like i i couldn't do it anymore like mm-hmm. i couldn't i couldn't take any of the like manipulation mind games with my moms where it mm-hmm. was like her affection was like something she could just take away mm-hmm. if she was frustrated with us or like my dad, his episodes where he would just have like angry outbursts with my mom and then they would be screaming in the kitchen at like 10 at night. Mm-hmm. And like, it got to a point, like we didn't eat meals together as a family. My mm-hmm. parents, my entire life never shared a bed.
0: Really? Why is that?
1: Never. I That's their marriage. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. a lot of my own insinuations, but like when we lived in the RV, my dad slept in the bed in the back and my mom slept on the table bed. Mm-hmm. And then, when we lived in the trailer park in Graham, my dad slept in the master bedroom. My mom slept in one of the kids' bedrooms with my little brother and my little sister. And mm. then, when they moved to the house in Spanaway, my mom and my little sister have a room together, mm-hmm. and my dad has his own room. Huh. Yeah, that's a Strange. fun little tidbit. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> I remember um, you told me, um, I think. If I recall this correctly, that one time you had, um uh, you were dating somebody and then when they like your parents, somebody found out and then like, they beat the shit out of them. Was that oh, right?
1: God, no. So it wasn't my parents. Mm-hmm. I was dating. And it, I think at the time, because it was a trauma that I went through, I definitely imprinted it being my dad, but I was dating a girl, we'll call her... Victoria. 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 Um, She she lived in my Mm cul-de-sac, and her dad was a functioning alcoholic stepdad. Yeah. Um, But me and her, we were, like, 12 or 13 at the time. Like, we were just little preteens, both Mm -hmm. gay, both super, like, in slash out of the closet. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think that, like... He started realizing, like, we'd hold hands, mm-hmm. and he caught us, like, kissing once, mm-hmm. and he hit me, and I didn't tell, like, he, like, pulled me into the living room by my hair, told me I couldn't come by any, mm-hmm. like, again, and then tried to, like, break one of my legs, like, kicking my leg. Wow. And then she ended up getting involved, and sadly, like, um... But he, uh, a few months later, ended up beating her to death because she came out to him. It really sucked because, like, the police report that came out about it said that she killed herself. Oh, wow. But, like, then the coroner's report was released and, like, seven of her neck, like, vertebrae were broken. And she wasn't found hung. She was found, like, lifeless in their living room like covered in bruises and everyone nobody knew because everyone was like oh it was just like some gay kid that killed themselves Mm. because you know we're a small conservative town and it was like
0: so nobody knew the truth nobody knew
1: the truth and it was like i wasn't allowed to go to her funeral like it broke my heart because it's like he just got away with it he did yeah he never served jail time i think he he ended up going to jail a few years later for almost beating his wife to death but like it it was rough and it was like that experience Uh was probably the experience that made me go back into the closet like the like more than just wanting to conform or like Mm. being afraid of my church or my family it was just like i had the experience of like if you're gay and you're alone with the wrong person they will kill you
0: <laughs> wow
1: and that's also probably a big reason that like now that i'm out like mm-hmm. i'm super out i'm like i'm pansexual i'm polyamorous i'm like <laughs> gender fluid i don't mm-hmm. i don't really care about how other people feel about who i am mm-hmm. unless they're like people that i love and who love me back like i care how they feel mm-hmm. but when it's like some stranger at walmart scoffing at me i'm like oh
0: yeah
1: what are you gonna do about yeah, it you're bruh? not gonna
0: please everybody
1: like mm-hmm. i no longer am afraid about your opinion like y- your opinions don't matter wow. so yeah and that kind of ties into the like why because it was like when it was me like when i experienced like excuse me, like, Mm -hmm. bullying or queer bashing. Like, I didn't really care, because at the time I was like, well, if somebody kills me, whatever. But when it was, like, somebody else that I loved and wanted to protect, and they were just gone.
0: How did... (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry for your loss. That's, you know, that's...
2: Yeah, it's sad. But, like...
0: That's a monster, the guy that mm -hmm. did that. But how did you cope with it you know I that's think, you're a very young age and yeah
1: i think i just turned it off like i i didn't really know what to do mm-hmm. like i cried about it
0: did you tell your folks about that
1: i i tried to mm-hmm. but they were just like oh you guys were just friends because they didn't know yeah they didn't know
2: uh-huh.
1: and like My dad's memory, like I said, it's so bad, like, Mm -hmm. I don't even think he'd remember. Mm -hmm. My mom had so much going on, like, keeping the household together. Mm -hmm. I don't think she had time to care or need to cope. Mm
3: -hmm. So
1: it was just, like, it happened, and they were gone. And I don't know. I think that, like, to this day, there's definitely this, like, quiet, like pulsating overprotective anger i feel like Mm -hmm. if i'm at the grocery store Mm -hmm. and somebody is like glaring at my partner Mm -hmm. in the aisle i will just look at them like say something Mm -hmm. do it i will break your fucking teeth i swear to god Mm -hmm. leave them alone continue walking or else because i i know what it's like
3: Mm -hmm. to,
1: to be on the other side of like like what homophobia in america is really like like mm-hmm. nowadays like you can be openly gay yeah and people can have negative opinions but like they'll keep it behind closed doors they're not going to tell you to your face i mean some of them will say to yeah, your face some, that you're somewhere. gonna like burn in hell or whatever and oh, i'm like bro, don't we
0: love those people
1: bro chill but like i think until i explain to people like I guess what i experienced like they don't they don't quite get it like yeah. they don't quite get why i take the kind of pride and protectiveness in my identity mm-hmm. and the identities of other like queer people in my life so seriously because it's like
3: yeah.
1: that's one person that i knew personally who died because they were queer
2: mm-hmm. and
1: knowing that like a lot of the older queer people what? i know especially queer people who, like, survived the AIDS epidemic. Like, Mm -hmm. no one cared. No one cared.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm glad that now, like, the next generation of queer kids has this culture of, like, of, of, like, being allowed and having space to be safe and having, like, celebrities, especially, like, people that we look up to who are out about being queer, like... It's beautiful, and I'm glad. I'm glad that that's the route that we took, as opposed to people being like, well, no gauge allowed." Yeah. But yeah, it uh-huh. happened, and I think I don't know. I think I coped with it as well as I could. Yeah. I definitely took the route of like uh, continuing to be protective of the people I love, if not like i don't want to say overbearing but like anytime my partner is like oh i had a shitty dad growing up i'm Mm -hmm. like you need me a fucking you need to take him out i'll take him out like i will i'll fight your dad in the streets i'll fight your mom in the streets like i just i want people i guess i guess to know that they're loved and cherished every single day like every single day because i don't know when the last one will be That's i have so no true. idea and That's like so god the older every year that takes by i'm like when is the last time that i'll see matt that i'll see my partner Drake? Mm-hmm. that i'll see my partner stuff and <laughs> anytime that i'm like i want to spoil you they're like you need to save money and i'm like mm-hmm. but i don't know how long i have this might be the last time i can take you out to buy it like like, for dinner, getting sushi. This might be the last time I can get you a coffee. Mm-hmm. This might be the last time I can kiss you. Like, I guess, so in you the live end. It, you
0: live it day by day.
1: Every day. And, like, so. I plan. I have big plans for the future. Mm-hmm. Big boy plans. But I also am glad that, like, I was able, through all of my experience, to get to a point where I'm just, like, I just want to love people. I just want people to feel cherished and mm-hmm. like they're being heard. And I also want to get that experience and have those feelings. Because, like, for a long time, I would just prioritize other people's feelings yeah. and be like, well, come back to me later. Mm-hmm. But that's not healthy. And
0: yeah, I love yeah. that. That's really cool. Yeah. That's not a lot of people have that perspective, I think. No. Especially like. Let's say someone else were to go through the things that you've gone. I don't think they would have this perspective either, you know? That's yeah. You've gone through a lot. You've gone through a shit. <laughs> I'm, damn, I'm sorry for everything that you've gone through. And
1: It's
0: okay. You know, you don't deserve it. I don't think, I don't think any, anybody deserves, it. deserves I don't, this. I don't, no, mm, Not mm. for a, a like, second. If you're gay, if you're whatever. If you're
1: trans, whatever. Like, even if you're, like... Because for me, like... <sighs> I just, I see the way not to hark on Christians too much, not to talk about work and as religion too much, but, like, I grew up being told by all the adults around me that, like, you're supposed to care about your neighbors and, like, mm-hmm. take care of your community and love everybody equally. And then, like, the older I got the more there were, like, restrictions on who your neighbor is. Mm. Who you're supposed to love unconditionally. I do
0: see that a lot. I do see that a lot.
1: Why? I think because of that, like, I want to vocalize for Mm -hmm. more, like, people who are autistic or people who are trans or Mm -hmm. people who are queer and just being, like, you're heard, you're valid, Mm -hmm. you're safe. Like, find your people so that you aren't alone Mm because when you're alone is like when you have the opportunity to kind of do the most harm to yourself, especially with like where technology is going, it's really Mm -hmm. easy to like feel like you're surrounded by people like Mm -hmm. on social media. You're like, I have hundreds of Facebook friends and thousands of Instagram followers, like people who are viewing my life. I think people need an actual support network Mm -hmm. of people who can be there when you like need to drive to the er er because like real talk ambulances so fucking expensive what yeah. american medical care what the uh, fuck is that a,
0: that's
3: a joke oh man okay let's switch it up okay um,